Well, hello there and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close, and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I'm Jeremy Griffin, and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable, because here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. I want to thank you for tuning in, and uh, just, uh, you know... For those of you who are my regular listeners, you know I've been on a wicked big long hiatus. Uh, this is our first conversations podcast in a while, and uh, it's mostly because I've been doing a bunch of other podcasts and doing some R and D. We're gonna we're gonna kick over to uh, video podcasting soon, as well as <clears throat> what we're doing with the. Uh, the audio side. So if you have a hankering and you just can't get enough of my suitcase, silky smooth voice, uh, then there's something wrong with you and you need to get checked out. But uh, in the meantime, I will support your habit by going to streamgrace.com and you can listen to the brutal, uh, my brutal life podcast. You can listen to scatter shooting and you can listen to the new life podcast and the renewed you podcast. I'm on all those podcasts at different times. Um, but uh, yeah, until then, We'll be kicking back up soon. I, I really hope to get our video world uh, rocking and rolling here in the next month or two, but who knows? Anyway, um, so there's that. Sorry I have been away. And today, my guest coming back from this long hiatus is my neighbor, Ed Hendershot. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, Ed. Thank you guys for joining us on another edition of... No, I'm just kidding. What are you, what are you looking at? <laughs> Scan disc. Oh, yeah. Sandisk. Oh, Sandisk. Yeah. So, uh, Ed is a perennial favorite around the fire pit here at the uh, Griffin household and uh, mm. contributed to the fuel recently. We did. We've been we've been chewing up some of that wood. I see that your uh, stack is noticeably shorter. I know. Well, we had we had Thanksgiving. Lower. We filled it up. I burnt some big fire at Thanksgiving. I heard and, the flamethrower. Yeah. And then Friday night, uh, we had a family over and uh, we burned wood, but we didn't stay out there, which is kind of a waste. But, you know, that was a cold night. It was cold. I um, I watch all the time. I know. So. I saw you out there doing it and I was like, <laughs> man, it's awful cold. I don't know if that's going to be a nice fire tonight. <laughs> it wasn't bad for, you know, when I was setting it because the sun was still up a little bit. But yeah. Um, yeah. And I got my tree. We're not finished with the tree, but you're always letting me know that you see my tree is up, which is nice. I, you know, I closed the blinds the other night. Did you, you notice yes. this, right? Oh, yeah. And when I closed the blinds, I thought it was funny. Just for those listening, he's my back neighbor. Like he, we share a fence line and <laughs> I kept thinking to myself, I bet Ed thinks I'm mad at him when I close all these blinds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's a private moment. Well, it, it was, I was mopping and I mop in my underwear. So I thought, <laughs> when we close our blinds, it's very, it's private. a very private moment. It's a very private time. Well, You'll be happy to know I can't really see into your house. So I saw that you had a tree up on Friday night. You had your, when did you do your tree? Uh, Thursday night. You did. We always do it. Yeah. We were, that was kind of our plan. We were going to go get a tree and get it up on Thursday on Thanksgiving. And then, uh, I don't remember why we didn't. Oh, well, there were no trees because you guys, we we got a, we started a live tree last year. And so the lots weren't open yet. So, yeah. And then we were going to do it Friday, but then I spent the day hunting Friday and Saturday. How'd that go? Uh, uh, I, well, it was fun. 
<laughs> that's what I'm going to say. That's what's important. No, you know, here's what it is. So, uh, as you know, listeners don't know, I, I am not an avid hunter. In fact, uh, I've been a couple times and, and I would prior to this, this season and the couple times that I went, I wouldn't really call it truly hunting. It was like, man, I'm going to come out in the woods with a gun. And if I see something, shoot it and I better yeah. buy a license so that it's legal mm-hmm. that extent. Um, this time has been very intentional and, uh, I have put a lot of effort into it, but I've decided I wanted to shoot my deer with a 1911 using 45 ACP. <laughs> I know. Now, here's the thing. I realize that I'm really making it hard on myself. However, the, the thought process, I've been shooting at 25-yard steel plates for this whole fall and summer with my 1911, and I can hit consistently, and especially the first shot. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, and then I did a research on whether or not a 45 ACP is a reasonable round to take down a deer. And as with anything, there is certainly pros and cons mm-hmm. and arguments for and against. But the arguments uh, against don't hold a lot of water when the video evidence is there for the four, you know. Um, knowing So basically how I'm looking at it is I am bow hunting with a pistol. Because yeah. basically, I just got to stay within twenty five yards. I mean, I would, I would think that would be nice bragging rights if you didn't take one with a nineteen eleven. Well, you prepare to for. I'm going to brag because it's going to happen this week, or it's not going to happen. I thought you were about to tell me you got one. <laughs> no, I didn't. But here's here was the deal. So on uh, on Saturday, I went out Saturday morning, and I hadn't seen a deer to this point every time we were out other guy one other guy had gotten one while we were out but nobody other than the one guy saw one so um jim for those of you know jim my buddy jim um so on uh saturday morning we went out and i saw a buck for the first time now uh i saw a period i saw the deer now he came in i was i was uh downwind from him and i had some um ed's drinking so if you hear ice you can actually hear the ice yeah we should do sponsor. Is that Red Bull? That's Does crazy. it give you wings? It's Red Bull and and extra. Yes. <laughs> As we record this after five. <laughs> um, anyway, so I see this this deer kind of coming in, and I was. Uh, I had earbuds in, and so I'm watching an episode of Seinfeld in the tree stand as this. I know it's really good, um, and I look up and I see this deer, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> like I talk out loud, and I think, and then I start talking to myself, "Why are you talking? Stop talking!" <laughs> and, I, and I keep saying it, which I'm not that kind of guy. For, for those of you who know me, I'm really cool under pressure. Like that's that's I'm comfortable in pressure situations, but man, I I I had the heart beating, the adrenaline going, like I really was feeling it, and. I kept thinking, okay, be patient because this deer coming into the feeder, the feeder's right at 25 yards. So that's how I know my range. So he's coming in from the other side and he never gets close enough. There's spruce trees on either side. He's walking to either side. So I was patient, did not shoot at that deer. Um, I only probably had a split second of a reasonable shot underneath the feeder where I might have been able to take it. Um, but I didn't shoot it. It's better to be sure. Well, that's what I kept thinking. I was you like, don't okay. Wound him. Well, right, right. So I was like, okay, be patient. So I didn't shoot. He goes behind the uh, the spruce tree and then ends up walking back where he came from behind the spruce the whole time. So I never even got to see him really again. I wonder if he smelled you or something. He was well, coming for a midday snack and then he was like, hmm. I thought about it. I was using an Ozonics uh, uh, masking thing, you know, and the only reason I believe it worked is the rest of the story. Because 
uh, I didn't see that deer. I got out of the stand, you know, about 10 o'clock. And now I'm getting in the stand 30 minutes before sunup. So I was there for a little bit and uh, got out. And we went to lunch and um, was talking to the guys and I was regretting not taking the shot. Oh, I should have shot, should have shot. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I was kind of back and forth. Well, then uh, I go back out for the lunch hunt and um, didn't expect to see anything at lunch because, you know, at noon, they just don't care unless you just get a random thing. But didn't see anything. But I decided, OK, I need to check and see if, if I'm ranged right. So I went ahead and took two shots at stuff that was 25 yards away and I'm hitting. That's, so, a, that's a good way to bring the deer in. Well, I knew it Shooting. wasn't going to. Br- I was getting it's, ready it's to good. get. Stop it. <laughs> just stop they're like what's that noise it's thunder let's run to it i know i was getting ready to get out of the tree for the next four hours it didn't matter because they're not skittish animals they're very oh, lord know. anyway so after zeroing in and realizing okay i can take the shot I'm, I'm i'm hitting what i need to hit i get out there for the night hunt and around 4 30 here comes three deer they start surrounding me i'm hearing them and i'm like oh gosh oh gosh now i'm getting really amped up so the first one I see is not much bigger than your dog or my dog. And so obviously I didn't shoot at that deer because I would have felt like a total loser killing that deer. Um, that but it, for a nice picture. Well, that's just it. <laughs> there, pity deer. That was the thing I kept thinking was like, well, there's no way my first deer, I'm going to take a picture with this thing. And so um, I'm sitting there and the deer, he, you know, he comes in, he's sitting there under the feeder. And then I start hearing another deer and this this good sized doe is coming up behind him or her i don't know what the sex was on the small one but anyway and i apologize now to all the deer people out there if i've misgendered any of these deers it was not on purpose (laughs) so anyway (laughs) you have a 50 50 chance so do i thought it was there's only two there's only two okay Mm -hmm. well there you go so so anyway, uh, the, the doe comes in and, and hangs a hard left behind a spruce tree before I could even see it, really. I mean, I saw little stuff, but it's like through trees, you know. And so I was getting frustrated, and I'm just sitting there going, man, that little deer is looking more and more appealing <laughs> as it's just <laughs> hanging out right there, clean shot. And then uh, and right where my target practice was, too. So it was like, I know I'm going to hit that deer. And... Uh, and then just as soon as that doe turns off to the left from the right spruce tree, I see another deer coming in and it's a buck. Um, I didn't see how many points on it, but it was sizable. And I'm like, okay, he's coming in about that time. The little deer goes and leaves as the buck's coming in and the buck just walks right there again, the same kind of shot from in the morning, except the other direction. And I didn't take the shot again because it still was a moving shot. And and so then the buck goes behind the same spruce tree the doe had gone behind and i can see him i can kind of tell where he is and decided to take a shot oh mm-hmm. at the doe or the buck at the buck, hey, buck. Uh, because yeah. i can see you know the right i've tracked tracked as he's walked through enough to know okay at least this is kind of the kill zone but i can't really see now him. you're hunting you're tracking and everything Good well job. theoretically with my eyes from your tree stand <laughs> from my tree stand yeah. hey look you can make fun all day i don't care so i i shoot and of course i miss and and they all scamper off so so here's the moral of, moral of the story at the end of the day i'm glad i took the second the shot that evening and i'm glad i didn't take it in the morning because what it did for me is it confirmed that the right move was not to shoot at all mm-hmm. but i but i kicked myself all day 
until I took the shot. And then I was like, now I'm really kicking myself. I wonder if he would have made his way to the feeder if you would have. I don't know. And that was the other thing. I was up against the clock because we had to stop hunting by like 546 or something that night. And it was 520. And I kept thinking, man, I mean, I, you know, I'd I hate to get know this. I think they do too. <laughs> I kept thinking, man, if, if it gets right up there to the wire, I don't know. <laughs> I see. I mean, they live out there all the time. <clears throat> you know, they're like, oh, it's that time of year again. Yeah. All these people are out here. Oh, yeah. And then they know at sunset, oh, we're by ourselves again. Right. I think they know. They don't consciously have those. Right. Thoughts, but instinctually, but, yeah, yeah. You know. So anyway, I went again last night and didn't see anything. So tomorrow, I go again tomorrow night. Take some more practice shots. Maybe it'll draw them in. That's cute. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I didn't get a deer yet, but that's going to be awesome if you take one with nineteen eleven, though. Well, what kind of ammo are you using? Full metal jacket or no? Point? I'm using a uh, uh, what is it called? It's a Hornady uh, the with the nylon tip. Yeah, um, self defense round. Gotcha. Um, it's got. I mean, it's got a thousand feet per second muzzle velocity and it's like at 970 or something at 50 or 25 yards so yeah um that's plenty yeah i mean it'll you know like i said it to me hunting with the pistol the the reason this to me offsets the fact that i'm in a tree stand because if you're in a tree stand with a rifle and you've zeroed the rifle i mean basically just sit and wait and shoot a deer you know are you um are you wearing a safety harness yeah yeah okay so I have a question. Yeah. And this is a tragic story, but a 17-year-old in Ada died over the weekend. Oh, I didn't know that. He fell out of the tree stand and couldn't get out of his harness, I guess. And so it as- asphyxiated him. Really? Yeah. And I'm told that you only have like five minutes to get out of the harness because it cuts off the blood supply like in your thighs does it go around your legs it does but i don't think but i was true. like why would why would they make a safety harness that's designed that to kill, kill you in five minutes well here's the problem i have with that and i could be <clears> wrong <throat> but to me this safety harness i've gone rappelling before and it's very much it, the only difference yeah. between it is the anchor point so where on rappelling the anchor point is right at your belly button on this one it's you know behind my neck or whatever it's like a strap that comes up on my backside i wonder if he had it installed wrong and i don't know anything about the case and it's tragic i'm not saying he did but anyways somehow his dad went looking for him you know because he didn't come home and found him in the harness dead well there's yeah that's that is tragic there there's a couple things on my end that keeps that safe one i have uh, pocket knife in my vest which is exactly what i was yeah. thinking did this kid not have a knife or did it like get him quick almost like a hanging yeah you know? well that wouldn't have happened on unless he hit his head or something on a yeah. branch but um so i have that and then i have a cell phone in my pouch too so i could call for you know somebody i would love to get that call from you assuming it doesn't <laughs> assuming that it's really not designed to kill you in five right. minutes i would love to get a call from you saying i'm hanging in a tree in a harness can you please come help me because there would be so many pictures in video well suffice to say you're not getting that call <laughs> there's so many other people that are gonna get that call before you that you trust not to right. document it exactly i know exactly what you're gonna do and that's all right i mean maybe you'd get the call because at that point it, I wouldn't even care. It'd just be fun. <laughs> I would take a stick and like poke you, make you swing. Hey, it's a pinata. Say, <laughs> so try to grab the branch. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh goodness. But yeah, so yeah, I'm in a safety harness. It's pretty high up though. It's like 
probably 14, 15 feet. Yeah. It's not bad. I like it. I mean, it's really peaceful. That's the one thing, you know, people oh, talk yeah. about that a lot and man, it's been great. Cause I'm not a slow down kind of guy and you can't, do, you have to yeah. be slow up there if you're hunting, like you can't make noise. Like I'm, you know, the most I did, like I said, is watched a couple episodes of Seinfeld, but even then it was more about, I know the first 30 minutes of me being up there nothing's going to happen. Cause I've just tromped through the woods. Yeah. So to me, it's like, I don't care. I just need to burn that time. Right. But after that, I turn everything off and just sit there and wait. And yeah, it's nice just to yeah. chill. It's good stuff for sure. I got some ammo in. Did I tell you about a thousand rounds of remanufactured nine? Uh-uh. What yeah. company? Uh, if we're allowed to say that, oh, I mean case. we are. If I remembered, it's okay. Yeah. Anyway, here's the crazy thing though. I got it in two hundred round boxes. Two, so I had five 200 round boxes mm-hmm. and I was looking, you know, I was putting them in cases yesterday cause I like organization. They're just loose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I opened up the fourth box and I'm like, were they all nickel plated? And I went back and looked and no, the rest of them were not nickel plated brass. And then I went and noticed an extra little thing. It was almost like a golden ticket. There's a little uh, paper in there it said you lucky dog and it went on to say that one in 300 of their cases they pack with nickel plated brass mm. and uh, that it's worth more or something I don't know okay <laughs> so good for you yeah so I got some nickel plated brass how much what was, was it 32 what? cents oh that's not bad that's why I did it because it's 32 cents I read a bunch of reviews on like the actual stuff and yeah. everybody was up on it yeah there's nothing wrong with reloads if they're done right well and that's the cool thing about this it's not hand loaded by somebody it's goes through the same process that a brand new does just with a reused casing i saw quite a few sales of uh nine millimeter around 31 32 cents did you cyber monday and stuff so starting to come down a little bit that's good well i was getting nervous so i went ahead and got my you got a thousand around i picked up a case of 762 by 39 Tula for uh, I think it was $340 shipped. Oh. Me and a, me and a buddy split it. There so, you go. It's uh, not bad. Well last or before the election I was getting that for $189. Right. Well I mean. A thousand but Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. Banned Russian ammo import, imports. Did uh, I tell you my favorite quote from him? I have it recorded. Let's hear it. I'm going to play it for you. It's from the 80s, and I just think, man, this is solid. I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. (laughs) I think that just sums up pretty much everything. I mean, another one, it's kind of in the same vein. I've been dumb. Just pretty straightforward. You know, um, all I know is he he is very against travel bans from africa <laughs> right um except he, he believes that that's just trying to keep black and brown people out of america and quote yeah. joe biden you can't keep a pandemic at bay with travel bans Weird. oh that was pre-election right oh yeah because i think as of today yeah all travel from africa is banned yeah do all you know the travel. doctor that discovered this this new covid variant mm-hmm. has come out against travel ban saying this is a massive overreach and overreaction or something like that well i watched something this morning um and they actually said that this variant is the most mild variant <laughs> of all the variants shut it down there's dude. no there's i think well this is the one we hope stays around forever kind of thing right this is what i call the midterms variant mm, right this is just my opinion <laughs> this is the midterms variant yeah to make sure that people have options to vote without going to vote Uh, for the midterms it's very important yeah 
safe drop boxes things so, like that oh am i getting off you're so, not this is okay so uh <clears throat> historically mm-hmm. historically the uh this this podcast has been biographies and mm. um we're not doing your biography today ed because your biography already Thank exists goodness. yeah well one i just it's boring Thank not to yes. say that our conversation yes. isn't also boring but dear lord if i just got to hear about your life one oh, more time no, it's so sad <laughs> It really can be summed up with one thing. I've been dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Good point. Um, (laughs) No, but if any of you out there want to hear Ed's biography, and even though I've totally oversold it here, um, if you go check out the New Life Podcast at StreamGrace.com, it's like episode four or five or three or something. I don't know. It's early on. So, uh, and that uh, that was a good one, actually. That one... Um, would have been is way better than what this one would have been. I was an early adapter. You were to uh, to the podcast biography podcasting <laughs> areas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, dude, listen, our world's falling apart. You and I have had extensive conversations about this. Do you have enough liquor in you to really get into <laughs> the right kind of conversation? It's probably just right. But I'm more I'm more I'm more enthusiastic than you are about the future though. Optimistic? Optimistic. Because I'm very I'm enthusiastic. enthusiastic also. Well, I yeah. am too. I don't think you're more than me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think mine is every bit as optimistic. It's just <clears throat> our point of views are a little different. <laughs> uh-huh. I believe for the best, but I'm ready for. Yeah, you really do believe you you believe that there's a, a a chance, a reasonable chance that the country survives this debacle we're currently in, right? Yes, I have confidence in the Constitution and the foundation that was laid by our founding fathers. That's and cool. I believe that it's all that it's all designed to prevent any such disaster. I agree that it's designed to do that. <laughs> I think the major problem is when the judicial branch which has no, uh, what's the right word? No um, formal enforcement wing. Mm-hmm. Its actual enforcement wing is the executive branch. And when the executive branch just says, I mean, we don't care what the judicial branch says, then I think the system completely falls apart. Yeah. And, and actually, here's, here's what's interesting. I think the, the case study, if we look at our country right now, it really. I remember growing up hearing about checks and balances and the and the you know three branches of government. Thinking, well, I mean, is it really checks and balances? But it just goes to show you how practical that system really is. But it does require all three branches to play within the boundaries. It requires ethics and right. honesty and these all are things, those things that are not prominent so, in politics these days. Yeah. But so so honestly though, here's the here's the cool thing. We actually still have some pathways to reconciliation, so to speak. And this is what I kind of, I'd like to get into here in a minute, because mm-hmm. I think Rittenhouse, the Rittenhouse trial has uh, really shown a light on this specific thing. A Wisconsin jury, by the way. You a Wisconsin. can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. Why can't we emphasize that enough? Well, it wasn't a Southern jury. Gotcha, yeah. It right. was a North, yeah, right, right. We're talking about a North, Northern right. liberal state jury. Right, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the the scenario is if 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 we see a, a, an executive branch that is completely usurping the judicial branch, we have some recourse when they don't listen to anything, and the recourse comes, as I see it, in the way of the Constitutional Congress, where the states gather and say, "Okay, here's what we're going to do," because y'all suck up there at the federal level. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. To me, if there's any hope for the country, that's it. That's where I see it coming to to really come together. Because I don't think I don't think we're going to see a 
non-establishment elected official at the highest level um period i think i think the system's not going to allow for that of course Um, that's the optimism part where you and i are (laughs) differ you know i heard that uh the gop was actually running a primary opponent against uh lauren brobert in colorado oh yeah i haven't confirmed that i just read that this morning if Hmm. that's true then that that lowers my your optimism uh, my optimism right because it shows the stat. see here's the thing i think what we have here we, we we've talked about this before most people think in terms of left and right and i think in terms of establishment versus anti-establishment and and maybe anti-establishment isn't the right word maybe normal <laughs> because establishment folks uh that means corruption, right? This is corruption at the next level. These people become career politicians. They make more money. They have more money leaving office by leaps and bounds than they had going in uh, with few exceptions. Um, another, so, so looking at that, then the other side of that says, look, just we serve. It's called public servitude, mm-hmm. right? If you're a public servant, you're not, you're not going to get wealthy off that. As we know, the original founding fathers lost money to become a public servant. They lost resource in that process. They truly served their nation. They're also, their neck was on the line. Oh, if absolutely. They, if they lost, they were all going to be hung. Well, right. Yeah. Especially on the, at the revolutionary war side of things. Mm-hmm. But even, you know, 50 years after the establishment <clears throat> of our nation, I mean, they were still serving their, their constituency. Mm-hmm. And now the constituency is there to serve the government and that's one of the things from trump's uh inauguration speech that i think can't be like looking at it today means so much more he he talked about he was not taking the power away from the estate i don't remember the exact quote but basically he was putting power back in the hands of the people versus the establishment and the whole drain the swamp thing which you know he made some bad decisions early on i think but you know it's a it seems, you know, this is the same thing about weight loss and health. You know, when I first started trying to lose weight, I had this personal trainer and he said, well, you didn't get fat overnight. You're not going to lose weight overnight. Mm. And that's, you know, but, but here's the thing. You can, you can get healthy really quick. In fact, you can get healthy faster than you can get unhealthy. Um, just from a matter of mathematics. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think in the same way our country can do that, but we, we've spent the last 100 years minimum um, with really hardcore corruption. And I say minimum, I mean, it's probably further back than that. Um, so getting uncorrupt, it just, I, I'm not, well, I don't, I don't see it. The people are so comfortable. I right. mean, even us. I mean, as long as, for the average American, as long as their electric stays on, the water stays on, they have netflix the grocery stores are full Mm -hmm. there's no real motivation to do anything about the graft and the people in washington that are basically looting the treasury right because that's what they're doing sure and um there's nothing's going to be done about it from the people because they're not motivated right i mean if you look at so where does your optimism come from with that motivate or with that mindset well, here's so here's the thing. Um, part of it is, what's so bad about it? What's so bad about what? Your optimism? No. What's so <laughs> bad? What's so bad about our lives? So Washington's being looted, right? But how has that affected me and you? I mean, it bothers us. We know that right. there's something really bad going on. Yeah. 
But our kids are able to go to school. Are we're able to pursue careers? We're able to make money. Well, it, it, this is the thing, though. It, it if you do this plan right, if if, if person's nefarious, you don't do anything that affects the it's people. It's boiling the frog. Exactly. I know, and I know that. But at the same time, see the prob the problem is, I am such a student of history. Right. And I'll give you one example. So a message board that I frequent, somebody made a post the other day and said. What is the world coming to? <laughs> and everybody in the thread was like talking about bad things they've read on the news and stuff. And they were all local stories. Yeah. Like dad in, in Pompano Beach throws his kid off the bridge. Uh, mom in, you know, wherever in New Mexico drowned her kids. You know, stuff like this. What's the world coming to? And I gave them the example. I said, look, Christopher Columbus grew up in a world in Genoa where steps out of his front door as a child was the stake where they burned adulterous women and heretic heretic men. And he used to sit there and watch it. He wrote in his diary almost nightly, Hmm. watched people being burned at the stake. He could hear it from his house. He would go outside and watch it as a little boy. His dad had a series of prepubescent female sex slaves. It was perfectly legal back then in Europe in the 1400s to traffic in little kid sex slaves. Legal. Legal. Mm. And he would bring a new one in and then when she hit puberty he would sell her off to be a house slave and he would bring in a new prepubescent girl. And his wife cleaned the house and watch it happen because that was just the way things were. You talk about a cold, cruel world. Right. Legally established. Right. And then you compare it where we're at now. The world we live in is safer than at any time in world history. It is. No matter what you read on the news, we are safer than any time humans have been in world history. Is this based on life expectancy that you're saying that? No, not just life expectancy. I'm talking about we don't have to worry about Vikings kicking in our door and stealing our wives and chopping our heads off no, or selling us into not slavery. Vikings, but uh, most mostly peaceful protests could do that. I, I don't, I don't think so. You Even don't. That, okay, that, okay, okay. So during, so during, and I don't the, want to get you off track. So no, you, during the summer of 2020, yeah, chaos reigns. Right. You know, Minneapolis is burning. Minneapolis is burning. Well, what about Oklahoma City? What about Phoenix? What well, about sure. Miami? What about a, a country of 300? It's the same thing with gun control that I tell people. Yeah. Okay, so we have about 12,000 people a year who die of quote-unquote gun violence. Mm-hmm. Take out the gang murders and the suicides and stuff like that. You have a few thousand people a year that are truly murdered with a gun mm-hmm. that weren't in some type of, and I'm not saying they deserved it, right. but they didn't put themselves in some kind of situation, a truly innocent victim. Yeah. In a country of 350 million, that's nothing. Right. That's nothing. We don't have a gun problem in this country. Sure. We don't even have a gun violence problem in this country. It's nothing. More people die from natural gas every year than guns little more little kids drown in toilets than with guns you know you can go through all the stats it's the same thing with the riots and stuff mm-hmm. it was played to us 24 7 to get trump out of office to make everybody think that the country was falling apart but it wasn't you had maybe 10 12 000 people nationwide right participating in protests sure in a country of 350 million people. i don't disagree with your perspective in this i really yeah. don't but my my bigger point is that as time progresses when enough freedoms are stripped away and we have calloused ourselves to those liberties or lack thereof 
that is when the government decides to do what they want to do and and it just doesn't matter even if we totally hate it there's no revolt left right i mean look at australia this is my example if you look at what happened in australia overnight right they banned guns in australia what maybe 10 years ago something like that 15 20 years ago um they did the buyback i think Mm -hmm. and so there were no firearms um now i realize that was 20 years but all they needed was an excuse it could have happened two years after the ban yeah right now that country is far from free yeah far from free they are locked in their homes if you didn't get the vaccine you have no freedom to move about you in fact the next conversation is where to put those who have not been vaccinated that's what i'm kind of getting at is that when i look at the pace of things that are happening around this country and around the world it's it's about it's it's to me it goes back to that safety harness conversation except not the same uh, point as long as i have the safety harness i'm going to be safe in general my my risk of injury goes dramatically down without the safety harness i may still be fine but the the possibility for me to fall out of that tree exists and and subsequently die and that's really what it comes down to to me yes our lives maybe aren't directly affected right now but the possibility of them being affected exists and it only takes a an executive order it only takes a whim at which point we do have lots of things in in play i don't think oklahoma city fundamentally will ever deal with the crap we've seen on the news ever i really don't if it does, we'll be long gone in that process because, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it has to be culturally. a lot bigger city. Yeah. Right. Well, and not just that, but but Oklahoma, I mean, basically the South and and uh, the, not Midwest, but Central America, not Central America, the country, but mm-hmm. <laughs> Central United States, our region, Kansas, Nebraska, Texas, um, Arkansas, New Mexico, we're, we're in our own space. And mm, 2.7 million illegals let in the country this year well that's, i realize that's that would but see that's this a is, huge concern to me and those illegals are being flown to the red states oh absolutely no purposely. i get that absolutely There's a strategy behind that well yeah and well, that's why i say we're not going to have an, an elected official come so in and change anything you said something interesting and my friends say this a lot you said the more rights are taken away so let's say for example in 1990 mm-hmm how many states in the United States in 1990 had constitutional carry for guns? Probably one. Vermont. Yeah. That's it. No, I, I, now, I'm tracking with now you. Now, I know. it's over 20. Right. Oklahoma, you could not carry a gun. I know. Nobody you're actually, could. There you're wasn't actually even to a, my point, by the way. There wasn't even good. a concealed handgun license available. Right. Now we have complete constitutional carry. Yeah. And, and it's then, like 36 states now, right? And Yeah. And now, Missouri, is it that many? I think I it's knew it was over th- 20. Yeah. And now Missouri and Texas, they've, and uh, I think uh, either Idaho or Montana, one of those, mm-hmm. have passed the, basically, laws saying if a gun is manufactured in that state, it can be uh, select fire suppressors mm. whatever right as long as it doesn't leave the state there's no federal jurisdiction to regulate that which firearm. really is 100 percent true constitutionally. <clears throat> constitutionally the right. only way the federal government gets away with all this stuff is that interstate stupid anything. interstate commerce clause right. that they use for everything now oh it's yeah. ridiculous totally and that founding document's been corrupted in that way well sure so what was your well, point well on my that? point yeah. is exactly this i think most people saw this the when when people would talk about a, a second united states civil war 
which I would argue we are absolutely in right now. We just are fighting it in a way that is different because we are in a different century. But most people looked at that and saw the division in our nation at the race line. But in real life, there's not that division isn't Mm-mm. there. Not at the ground level. It's no. just not there. It's fake. It's absolutely and to your point. It's no different than the riots, than you know the the COVID scares on different various. It's it's media driven. It's propaganda. It's literally telling us what they want us to think is true. So from that standpoint, a hundred percent. That's not where it's at. But where it is showing up is what you just said. The constitutional carry. And what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse is showing where this divide is going to come. For us, how do we have a civil war? It is not Oklahoma versus Nebraska. It's the states versus the federal government. Mm-hmm. And so what we're seeing is the states and, and you know DeSantis in Florida is the most vocal about it. But Oklahoma is doing a lot of stuff right now even that are just defying federal mandate and and even to the point of federal law when they've because on top of passing constitutional carry they have the second amendment uh, the, uh, sec- the sanctuary states mm-hmm. for the second amendment that basically says hey i don't we're not going to help enforce any federal law that violates the second amendment and we can also run over people blocking the road that's if true we feel our safety is jeopardized right and so you look at stuff like that and and gabe was telling me the other day oklahoma passed the kyle law of some sort i don't know anything about that do you know about that one Mm-mm. okay so he's probably lying our <laughs> you're not you're probably our, not lying. our governor he's doing everything desantis does but he does it Quiet. quietly right desantis creeps me out a little bit <laughs> he seems like a just a politician to me when he's talking yeah well he is a governor who was elected yeah, but Stitt, Stitt to me doesn't sound like a politician when he talks. Yeah. He just sounds like a person. Yeah. Maybe I'm just saying Maybe that. Maybe he's a really he's good Oklahoma. politician. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying, but but ultimately, I guess my point is, I think the civil war that's coming is a states versus the federal government civil war. And I think mm. that'll be an interesting unfolding. Um, it's like uh, the administration said the other day, because the Oklahoma National Guard refused yeah. to take the... Uh, to do the vaccine well they were told to disregard the order right they can have it if they want it. right they were told and what are they doing they're actually following the judicial system who said Mm. no (laughs) stay that order you can't do it yeah and so the executive branch has said well you're basically not being recognized now as part of the national guard and we're just going to call you the oklahoma militia okay Exactly. That's what I said that to a group of of 20 somethings, young 20 somethings. And they're like, dude, that's awesome. I want to join that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another. See, that's another thing that makes me optimistic. So the, the millennials. Sorry, millennials. The I'm millennial not. generation is just trash. OK, <laughs> they're they're liberal. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. And I've done some dumb things. I'll do dumb things again. <laughs> Sorry, millennials. I, mean, I don't mean all millennials, but Obviously it's, not. that generation is just as a generation. Yeah. Well, it's like to me. To me, it's kind of like a lost too. generation. Okay. Yeah. But I'm Gen X, so I'm I'm a, I'm snobby about generations. But this this generation that's like 20 right now. Yeah. And I don't know what they're called. Uh, I don't. I may maybe Z Gen Z maybe I don't know whatever they are they're awesome they are red pilled yeah big time right I, and and, they're, and here's what's awesome about it Ed they were not red pilled by the Gen Xers no nope. they were red pilled because they thought yeah because someone said there's 300 genders and they look around going well that's stupid 
Yep. And well, they're the ones who've been victimized at school by That's this right. bathroom nonsense. Exactly. And uh, they, um, I don't know, they've impressed me. Yeah. They really have. And the cool thing about them is they're red pilled with tattoos. Right. And they're red pilled with rap music. And they're red pilled right. with. And they're unashamed of it. All this stuff. They don't hide where, it and they don't care. They where just, Gen X, if you were red pilled, you were in a, you know, a knit tie and a button up tight shirt and you were going, I'm going to make tons of money. Yeah. But it's different for this new generation. It just gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. What gives me a lot of hope is that we've uh, used the term red pill and, and that we've elevated something from the matrix so high. <laughs> I love oh that. yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I've never seen that movie. Are you kidding? No. Thank you guys for joining us on this episode of Conversations. <laughs> I'm getting rid of my guests now. Dude, that's a great movie. Yeah, I Series. need to watch it. I need to watch it. Well, I'll give you my Apple ID. I'll do that with Noah when he comes home. There you go. Yeah, so he's coming home for Christmas. Yep, my, December 18th. My Noah's coming So, So Ed and I both have Noah's. Both of our Noah's serve in the armed forces. Yep. And they're roughly the same age, about a year or two years apart, something like that. How old's Noah? He'll turn 21 in February. Oh, yeah, so... Noah turns 22 in February. Oh, okay. So they're a year apart. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I agree. I, I am optimistic in the the kids. But but the other side of that is, it, to me, it goes back to uh, that group of kids, those twenty young 20-year-olds, 20 they're also really hot-headed. And I think, if anything, that goes back to my point of why we're pretty much going to go down this road because they're... Here, here's what really did it for me. My Noah is incredibly quiet and reserved. Doesn't hold a strong, like I asked him uh, about the 2020 election. I said, so who do you think you're going to vote for? And he said, honestly, I really don't know. Oh gosh. No, literally. He said, I really don't know anything about what the candidates, I mean, I don't, I don't care. I'm saying that disengaged, right? So I, I did my best to, to not, color his opinion and i said well you speak literally that's what i said i said you're going to school to learn to speak pashtu which is an afghan language and you're doing so because of our presence in afghanistan so i said if you want to use your language then uh, trump said he's definitely going to get us out of afghanistan so you're probably going to be out of a job if if trump's elected this is how i opened the conversation trying to not color his opinion mm-hmm. i said now on the other hand um uh, if you like guns, I mean, um, Biden definitely wants to implement tighter gun laws and gun control. I don't know if he will, but that's certainly what he wants to do. And that was the end of that conversation. All right. And not because it ended, it's just because he just didn't have an opinion. Now, fast forward, we're playing Battlefield 2042 and we're on Discord having a conversation. And I walk in and Gabe and Noah have been on talking, my two boys, and and other guys in their group are jumping on. And Gabe says, Dad, you should have been here. Like, I just was telling Noah about this thing with, uh, and I think he was talking about Rittenhouse and then some other stuff, but whatever he said, and I don't remember the particular thing, he said, he was telling me, I just missed this part of it. Noah had sat there quiet for like 15 minutes, didn't say a word while they're playing. And then he said, are you still there? And he goes, yeah, I just am so mad about what you just said. Now for my son Noah to get mad about something that does not have any direct bearing on him and for him to get mad about something that does his car was towed the other day because of stupid he he didn't get his car tag was out of date in order to get a car tag in maryland you have to have an inspection to get an inspection you have to have an appointment that state's so it's ridiculous so he had his appointment scheduled 
but you can't you can't do anything until that happens so they tow his car so on base no he was not on base okay and so that was part of the conversation but ultimately he was in his own driveway and they come and take his or his parking area they they live in townhomes or something but anyway so they take his car he it's impounded but he can't go off private property I don't. They came onto the parking lot of the townhomes. Yes, and towed his car because the townhome people, not even the owners, because he contacted them and said this is what's going on. But somebody there said this car is this way. And oh, what a police state Maryland Dude, is! It's, it's terrible. Brutal. Yeah. So he, uh, so all that just to say, he wasn't even mad about that. Frustrated, but not mad. He's mad about a, a thing like this. And this is kind of my point. When you see guys like him getting upset about some of that it's because at some point like i said these kids now granted they grew up your kids my kids they grew up around some of this but man dude i wasn't i wasn't talking about this stuff 10 years ago Mm -mm. because it wasn't as big i mean obama was in office i wasn't a fan yeah but i mean you know he didn't really do anything till his last two years right then he went crazy right and so you're looking at that and you're just going well you know these kids didn't get it from that they literally saw the world around them the idiocracy that it's become and are just saying i'm not going to do this and they're literally concerned for their future i mean they have a legitimate um statable position Mm -hmm. of why they're concerned for their future not even their kids future their immediate future and i think they have a, a point and uh and I think that, you know, that's the problem. And so my optimism doesn't exist, but my optimism doesn't exist at a, at a scriptural biblical level. Like I, I see things in that light and I think, well, there's no hope for America, not because of anything other than there's no reason for there to be hope for America. That doesn't fit. It, it's irrelevant to scripture. That's my point. Mm. <laughs> By my particular record. When I look at things historically though, there's just, I mean, historically don't you have to say that this country has to dissolve it's just not bad no so i know historically that our time is limited right if history repeats which it always does right i mean empires and and great nations they don't last forever clearly they just don't pick one that's lasted forever they just don't right so you know i'm not one that thinks america is forever but i mean i guess i i just have a hard time how much of this is your want to and how much of it is just you just don't think we're there i just don't think we're there i mean things can get so bad i've read extensively about the the bosnian war you know the serbian war and what happened there and what made all that go down did they have freedom we're not even close did they have freedom like we have prior to their collapse oh yeah okay it was it was a great capitalist society we had the sarajevo olympics Mm -hmm. i mean it was it was a it was a very very nice country yeah but we're not anywhere close i mean they literally had a leader come in and say publicly their president said this half of the country is the enemy <laughs> and you don't think we're close to that right now <laughs> well i know i know i'm talking about decla- like declaring war on those I, people i know well and, and okay, you don't think yeah. we're close to that yeah okay the basket of deplorables and the, i mean dude yeah. we are we are one sentence away from it to me that is close okay i'll say this there haven't been federal troops deployed to surround oklahoma fair That's type of stuff is there were federal there. troops deployed to surround the capital there haven't been uh oh yeah that was bad 
when they made the green zone in the Capitol, yeah. that was really, really bad. Yeah. And most people don't even know that happened. I know. That you, literally the Constitution says we have the right, not right. the privilege, the, the right. right to go petition Congress for right. our grievances. And that was stopped. Right. For almost a year. Right. You could not get into the green zone right. unless you were conducting congressional business. And one of the things they excluded was citizens coming to see their Congress people. Right. Okay, now you've lowered my optimism. <laughs> and I'm not trying to. I'm just I'm just listening to your reasoning for it and disagreeing. <laughs> you notice though they use National Guard. Right. Yeah. To enforce that, not regular army. Right. They had to. I mean, if, if you think about it. If there's one thing I've learned and I I wouldn't ever want to This is my view, mm-hmm. not my son's who's in the army. Right. But the army, the regular army is very very red yeah very very red yeah well here's the thing though too we're not gonna the united states has traditionally always used national guard for domestic anything yeah which kind of have to they have to exactly so from my standpoint that wasn't terribly surprising but another thing to keep in mind do you remember how many soldiers they sent home from the national guard to that were in the capital they sent whole Mm -hmm. states home because oh, certain states, yeah. Now, why did they send those states home? Yeah. Just because they didn't happen to need that state? Oh, yeah, and it was weird how they did background checks right. on all of them. Right. They sent some of them home for form posting and right. stuff like so that. So, to me, I mean, there's still this... I guess my bigger point, as I said to you earlier, if you're smart and nefarious in your intentions you're going to do as much as you can behind the scenes to get us to a certain point before you remove the veil yeah. and start trashing everything. And and here's the here's the downside, right? This is like, you know, as a kid growing up, I was afraid of war. I was grew, grew up in the 80s, you know, we grew up basically the same time. Mm-hmm. So we had the threat of Russia and nuclear war. Nuclear obliteration. Right. Yep. And and so within that, what goes through my mind all the time as a as I'm growing up is that uh, if there's a war between two countries that the population is exterminated like in my mind without ever asking as a as a six-year-old mm-hmm. i'm thinking well if russia takes over the country they kill all the americans yep mm-hmm. well that's not practical or you, you can't win a war that way like at that point you've decimated a, a land but you you have to have the people there the people are a requirement for the land and the same goes true for for the existence of the country if the federal government annihilated all the people there is no country left the people are the country uh they just happen to stand on the land and so there is a balancing act with with uh, changing a system over and and we can't ignore globalism the great reset and all of these motivators that are beyond just the scale of our government and all the other crap i mean dude well the, just saying the fact that china is in i mean that biden's in china's pocket right is very very dangerous well sure because the deals that him and hunter did when he had no clue he'd ever be president those have to be coming back to haunt him now yeah oh i'm sure but then i see things i follow the navy on facebook I'm only on Facebook to follow my son in the army. Yeah. Guys, um, don't friend request him. If he friend requests you, it's fine. But if you friend request him, just be ready for rejection. I'm, <laughs> I've got my Facebook really locked down. And by the way, it has robust privacy tools yeah. if you want to stay private. But, um, I mean, with the, with regular people, it really does, but, but they use it the way they want. But to use the it. Navy dude over the summer, our Navy 
and Australia's Navy, Japan's oh, Navy, yeah. India's Navy, Vietnam's Navy. We seriously poked China all summer long. Hmm. Carriers right off their coast, uh, dual operations with uh, Indonesia, Japan, Vietnam, India, hmm. Australia, uh, carriers operating side by side, lots of air operations. If China did this in the Gulf of Mexico, we would be freaked out. Mm -hmm. And we did that in the South China Sea all summer long. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, I know about the stuff with China and Biden. But then on the other hand, I'm like, why is he letting the Navy poke the bear so hard? Mm -hmm. Unless it's just all for show. But I don't know. But even then, you've got Congress that gets to declare war. So the executive branch doesn't have anything to do with that part of it. They just have the executing at, of it look so. at the wars that have been waged by our presidents though without a declaration oh well of war. yeah of course korea vietnam gulf war there was right. never a declaration of war in any and, of these the, and they weren't called and wars, those are called conflicts and those are full-grade wars <laughs> right i mean vietnam fifty-five thousand people dead well had never, they declared war those wars would have gone differently yeah i mean you have the full force of the u.s army or military at that point yeah. you don't if you don't declare war mm-hmm I know it's it's a massive debacle and I have no reason. Look, my optimism, I think I could make a case to any average human being of why I'm not optimistic. <laughs> I just, and it comes down to I've been dumb and, uh, you know, not me particularly, although it is true for me. I have a prediction, though. All right. China is not going to make a move on Taiwan. Everybody's freaked out about it. It's never going to happen because because Japan uh-huh. in India are the main two japan and india have a deep-seated you could almost say racist like real racist not not racist in america where we go oh you said a mean thing you're racist i'm talking about racist like genocidal racism india and japan against chinese Mm. and chinese vice versa with them imagine a war where china gets involved in a war in the south that leaves their entire west border open to india Mm. and they're already fighting there having skirmishes all the time Mm. you think india would not take advantage of that and start taking land yeah in the disputed cashmere's and and i don't know if it's cashmere's but there's disputed territory between uh china and india Mm -hmm. china knows india would make moves there and they would have to deal with that and india is a nuclear power Mm -hmm. you always have vladimir right that giant northern border. And right. no matter how much Vladimir glad hands you and all that stuff, if he sees an opportunity, mm-hmm. Russian army has moved into this region for security reasons. Right. We're, <laughs> we're concerned for the security of the people. We've just we've just taken a little land. Right. We're securing the area. We're trying <laughs> to avoid a war here while China's occupied in the south. Right. But China, everybody's like, the USA can't defend Taiwan. It's not just the USA. It's the USA, India. Vietnam, Indonesia, Japan, Australia, Singapore. And China you know who has you didn't mention right there, which I think is interesting. Who? UK. Yeah, they're Exactly. Although although the UK just launched a brand new aircraft carrier, oh, well, which I didn't know about. Uh, they're also launching two new ballistic missile submarines. Hmm. I didn't know they were having a naval buildup, but they are. Uh, India just launched a new aircraft carrier and Japan just launched a new aircraft carrier nice so there's a massive naval buildup going on among priming these, us for a world war powers. that's fantastic well i think it's more just muting china yeah. with their naval buildup yeah the worst thing would be china and russia becoming allies 
in that regard. They, there's no practical path to that, but Russia is never a real ally. To, well, of course ever. not. They're, well, they're opportunists. Right. Yeah. One, well, anyway, uh, I just want to remind you of how many of your predictions have come true. Uh, no, not many of them. <laughs> exactly. I've actually been wrong on almost everything. So everybody get ready for war with, Ty- with China and Taiwan. Exactly. That was my last uh, non-optimistic statement. Yep. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Oh, my gosh. I should well, have never made that prediction. It's all right. I think you're accurate. I mean, accurate in your wrongness of it. <laughs> yep. I think it's coming. Oh, goodness. Well, man, thanks for coming on the show. Of course, that went by fast. It does. I mean, for the listener, not at all. But for <laughs> you and I, totally. Yeah, I looked at my watch. I was like, holy mackerel. Um, well, we'll do it again. I mean, assuming that... Okay, listen, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you want to hear more from Ed, um, then send me a message of some sort. If Otherwise, I'll never let him back on the show again. <laughs> Although he, uh, look for him on the scatter shooting episode coming up soon. Cause I'm looking forward to hearing him and Randy. I would love that. Talk about stuff probably this Wednesday. So, uh, anyway, thanks again for coming in. I want to thank all of you guys out there who chose to spend the last hour listening to my ramblings along with it. And, uh, if you'd like to hear more stuff like this, as I've said before, check out streamgrace.com and not just stuff like this. Cause there's all sorts of spirit based stuff. Um, and uh, just interesting, interesting stuff. Anyway, God bless you guys, and we will see you next time.